Welcome to your guide for Jonathan Liebsman's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the fifth installment in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie review series. If you have not heard of my previous reviews, those are all links down below. Go ahead and check those out. Now before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 2014 to remember the top movies released that year. They were Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, which would go on to win Best Picture, John Wick, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America The Winter Soldier, Big Hero 6, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Lego Movie, X-Men Days of Future Past, Edge of Tomorrow, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, The Hobbit The Battle of the Five Armies, and Transformers Age of Extinction. From that year, we have reviewed Interstellar, Whiplash, Inside Lewin Davis, Godzilla, Enemy, and Jordorowski's Dune. Links to all of those reviews are in the show notes below. If you would like to reminisce more about the films of 2014, then head over to Letterboxd.com and make sure to follow me over there. My profile is linked below. At the 86th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to 12 Years a Slave. Back in October of 2009, Nickelodeon purchased the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These purchase plans involved a new TV series and feature film. Who better to adapt an 80s cartoon than Michael Bay? He wouldn't be directing since he was still involved with the crazy successful Transformers franchise, but his company Platinum Dunes would heavily shape the influence of the film. It took a number of years to develop the script. Paramount, Nickelodeon's sibling corporation, would distribute the film. They had a projected release date of 2012. Well, it wasn't until 2012 that they found their director, Jonathan Liebsman, who beat out Brett Ratner. Paramount then decided to release the film on Christmas Day 2013. But in March 2012, Michael Bay announced at the Nickelodeon Upfront presentation, the film would simply be titled Ninja Turtles, and they would be from an alien race. Of course, this went over very poorly with fans. Surprisingly, some of the cast from the original trilogy chimed in, such as Robbie Rist, who voiced Michelangelo. He vehemently denounced the change, whereas Brian Tochi, who voiced Leonardo and Judith Hogue, who played April O'Neil in the last two films of the 90s series, voiced their support for the change. Co-creators of The Turtles, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, did voice their approval for the film, especially in the early stages. Of course, Corey Feldman was positive toward anything to do with the Turtles world, just hoping that he would be recast as the voice of Donatello. That ended up not happening. Now, there was a script that was leaked online that did feature these major changes to the origin story of these characters, particularly that they were from another dimension. Peter Laird came out against the script, and even Michael Bay said that the script was written before he had even come onto the project. The film was pushed back numerous times and had numerous writers come on board to rewrite the script. Paramount also didn't want to compete with their other mega-franchise, The Transformers, so the film was finally pushed and released on August 8, 2014. Yes, listeners, a whopping nearly seven and a half years since the rebooted franchise of TMNT. To the surprise of many Transformers fans and Michael Bay fans, Megan Fox was cast as April O'Neil. This is surprising because she was removed from the Transformers franchise because she compared Michael Bay to Adolf Hitler. So clearly they had some major falling out, but all was forgiven and she's back in this film and she's back in this Michael Bay project. In late 2019, actor Alan Rickon, who voices Raphael in both films, did an interview on Collider where he blasted the production of the film. 
He said that him and his other voice acting co-workers received horrible treatment. They were lied to by Paramount. They weren't even invited to the premiere of the film or even allowed to do interviews. So he said it was an absolutely horrible process and it was completely disheartening to work on something so big budget and completely to be given the shaft. As far as marketing goes, Playmate Toys and Nickelodeon Consumer Products put out a whole slew of merchandise for the film. Pizza Hut also came back on board once again with a contest and a brand new pizza for people to enjoy. Of course, the Turtles had a big presence at San Diego Comic-Con. Even Pentatonix released a new song titled We Are Ninjas. A video game for the Nintendo 3DS was released the same day as the movie and a mobile game was also put out the month before. An interesting piece of controversy for marketing for the film revolves around the turtles jumping from an exploding skyscraper. Many people drew parallels to people jumping out of the Twin Towers from 9-11, so of course the poster was removed from circulation. The film did have a limited IMAX 3D run. The movie was nominated for multiple Razzies, including Worst Picture, Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, Sequel, or and even Worst Director and Worst Screenplay. Megan Fox did win Worst Supporting Actress for the film. Of course, it also made it to the Kids' Choice Awards, no surprise since this is a Nickelodeon property. It was nominated for Favorite Movie, Will Arnett was nominated for Favorite Movie Actor for some reason, and Megan Fox was nominated for Favorite Movie Actress. Something tells me this was all planned. As for critics and audience scores, box office and whatnot, I should note first off, this is the first Turtles film to be rated PG-13. It's also the longest in the franchise to that date, clocking it at 101 minutes. It also had a huge budget of $125 million, but it paid off. It opened number one at the box office opening weekend with a very impressive and surprising $65.5 million. Largest theatrical distribution as well, playing on over 3,900 screens. You're probably wondering what went up against it opening weekend. Well, none other than Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. They dethroned it from the number one spot, and it was only in its second week, already dumped down to number two. Into the Storm, a Warner Brothers film, opened at number three. The 100-Foot Journey, another Walt Disney project, came in at number four, with Lucy going all the way from two down to five in its third week. In its second week, it still remained number one at the box office, despite losing 56.5% of last week's gross. Guardians number two, Let's Be Cops, came in at number three. The Expendables 3 opened at number four. That just tells you where audience tastes were at that time. And The Giver opened at number five. Finally, in its third week, it was dethroned by a surprising, maybe surprising, I don't know, contender, Guardians of the Galaxy jumped to the number one spot, pushing TMNT down to number two. So Guardians was already in theaters for a month. I think word got out. People were just a little bit more interested in seeing this Guardians movie over the Turtles. If I Stay debuted at number three, Let's Be Cops was at number four, and When the Game Stands Tall debuted at number five. Also, I should note Sin City, A Dame to Kill for the sequel to the original Sin City, opened at number 8, so that's a, that's a little iffy. Domestically, the film would go on to gross $191.2 million, the biggest in the franchise, not adjusting for inflation, still very impressive. In the foreign markets, $293.8 million. This is 
huge for a worldwide total of 485 million dollars this film nearly grossed half a billion dollars all by itself i don't think anybody was expecting that audiences straight out of the theater gave the film a b so audiences really i mean clearly it made a ton of money especially in the foreign markets they weren't that crazy about it and you can see there was kind of a split reaction rotten tomatoes audiences 50 percent of them were for it 50 percent were against it now the critics tell a much different tale 21 percent approval rating second lowest in the series just barely above tmnt3 now this is the also a meta score low of 31 solidly in the red this is not boding well imdb rating of 5.8 second lowest in the franchise and then letterbox rating of 2.3 once again second lowest so people were either saying this was the worst of the entire franchise or it was the second worst people just didn't like this movie or at the very least on a positive note they were somewhat split made a ton of money nobody really cared for it and thought it was just bad thank you listeners for coming along with me as i've been your guide to the production and impact of this film now that you have your guide to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for my full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we come out of the shadows. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.